Hello, everyone, and welcome into the FBW Kids podcast, episode number nine. My name is Lane, and this week I'm not joined by Kim. She is gone for this week. But I am joined by Emily. Yay, me. Hello, Emily. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Good. I am so excited because today we are talking about the importance of preschool ministry. And so I'm super excited to dive in because this is not an area of my expertise. It was not coming in to this. And even after helping out several times, I still wouldn't consider myself even remotely close to an expert on on it. And so I'm excited to learn some more about this because I think that preschool ministry oftentimes, and we've talked about this before, yes. gets thrown in with this, not negative moniker, but like it always gets grouped as babies. Yes, definitely a misconception. Yes. So that is like obviously not all that it is. It's no. not just babies. It's very much not just babies and changing diapers. It is so much more than that. And even at such a young age, really big things can happen. So first, I want to ask you, what, in your opinion, how would you describe preschool ministry and why and what does it mean to you? Oh, yes. Love those blanket questions. Yes. Well, um, preschool ministry here at our church, um, where I am the preschool associate, is birth up to kindergarten, which is quite a range. So I always laugh a little bit when people say, like, nursery, because I'm like, well, we also have kindergartners. Yes. Um, and to me, it is the groundwork. Um, I know people have definitely said, like, preschool slash kids ministry, like, there's the future of our church. but And I'm like, well, yes, but I disagree. They're their church right now, mm-hmm. and they have spiritual lives There's no junior Holy Spirit. It's just the same Holy Spirit that we have um, that they can have a relationship with. And um, it's very important. And to me, um, I really like kind of what our mission here at FBW is because we describe it as helping kids take their first faith steps. Um, So really just kind of laying the groundwork and the foundation for them to build their faith on as they progress through the elementary, preteen, and student ministries as they grow and mature in their faith. Yes. And now I know that we've discussed this off the podcast before, but preschool is not necessarily something that either one of us was actually pursuing. So when you got an opportunity to be in preschool ministry, what were your Mm -hmm. thoughts as you were like heading into that of like, I don't know why you wanted to like take the opportunity to do it Mm -hmm. and kind of what you've learned in just the first little bit of being here. Yes, which I'm, my answer might be long because I'll go a little bit into my background of oh, it's it okay. too. Because um, yes, whenever I was first looking for a ministry job, I was very open to just all ages. I had gotten my start with elementary kids specifically, and so that was where I like fell in love with kids ministry. Um, but luckily, right before I had left the church that I was in before I got married, I was placed over the three-year-olds, and that was very new to me, um, but it surprised me how much I loved it. Still have a heart for elementary kids for sure, but I very much enjoyed that. Um, And then as I worked on my graduate degree, um, I took a course all about early childhood ministry and just loved every bit of it, down to 
how much square feet a child should like that is developing should have in a room. I just loved every part of it. So it was very fun. And when I was looking for my job that I have now, um, at the time, they didn't have preschool open. It was just kids. And so um, I wanted it. And then as we got closer, you know, our, our boss, Kim, our awesome boss, Kim, was like, oh, there's also an opportunity for preschool if you're open to that. And I was like, I am. I yeah. love all ages. I really don't want to put myself in a box. Um, and since coming here, like, have, have my heart for preschool ministry has only grown. But there were seeds of it already there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely um, tangible to see where the Lord was already kind of putting those seeds in my heart for me to be where I'm at now. And um, a quote unquote expert. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, well, not an expert. Just kidding. I just love it a lot. <laughs> yes. Well, it's definitely a very interesting group to be a part of yes. because for the first several years they're in the ministry, they're not able to talk or like really interact fully with, you know, what you're teaching them because they're incapable of doing that just (laughs) developmentally. So that's obviously a huge Mm -hmm. challenge. But in in your opinion, what are other kind of challenges that are in preschool ministry that might not necessarily be like involved with other ministries? Yeah. Um, And um, one challenge I feel like is um, that I did learn, I think in my class um, that I was when I was in grad school was um, kind of the fact that preschool ministry is a catch-all because people as they grow up you know they're on fire in the youth ministry and then they're young adults and they might stray away from the church but man people always come back to the church when they start having kids of their own Mm -hmm. and so um just the challenge of kind of the variety of families that we do have coming like some of them never strayed from church and then we also have some that are brand new to it so learning how to meet them where they're at um because we just get a variety of them and it's a really unique opportunity to get them because they're like oh yeah i kids church oh yeah i should do that thing Um, yeah and another challenge i would say twofold is kind of a little bit like we talked about before just kind of breaking the misconception of what preschool ministry is and how important it is um because if parents aren't comfortable dropping off their kiddos like they're very tiny kiddos and they're not they don't feel like their kiddos are safe or being cared for, they're not going to come back. Yes. Like, And so we can't even work on the parents or the family as a whole. So um, I would say fighting kind of the stigma that it's just us yeah. doing childcare or watching babies, but that um, there's really important stuff going on. No, absolutely. And it kind of goes all back to a catchphrase that I've adopted from our lead pastor here, which is there's no small jobs for the kingdom. Just kind of like even with custodial, you know, nobody's going to go to a church with nasty bathrooms yeah, in it. You know, nobody. Sure. it doesn't matter how great the worship team is. It doesn't matter how great the youth ministry is. If the bathrooms are not clean, nobody's going to come to your church. In that same kind mm-hmm. of vein, if you, and to your point, if there's not a place where children can go and be safe and being taken care of, especially the youngest ones, because those are in in some ways probably the most important ones to be taken care of mm-hmm. during Very church needy. times. Yes, because there's a lot that goes on there. Then you're not going to see families 
come, especially young families. You know, they're gonna yes. it's gonna be more older families that tend to come to that church, and that's gonna spawn away mm-hmm. that. So that's there and that's very important. Growth, yeah. Yes, and so that's I think a very important point, especially too with like finding volunteers and things for that ministry is encouraging them with, hey, you might just be changing diapers. But man, for an that's hour important because if a parent comes and picks up their kid and they're like, what the heck? My kid's diaper has not been changed. They've been here for two hours. They have mm-hmm. a diaper rash. Do you even care? Yeah. Or like, are you good at, or do you even know how to take care yeah. <laughs> of a child? You know, so like, yes, like, so that's not a small job a small in the job kingdom. And so it takes a lot to find really great volunteers oh, yeah. for, you know, your ministry, especially in preschool. And so kind of transitioning into how to find great volunteers or what makes a great preschool volunteer for your preschool ministry. Mm-hmm. In your opinion, what would that be? What would that makeup look like for a generally, it doesn't have to be the all-star that goes, but just a very good preschool volunteer. What does that look like? What do you look for? Yes, a very good preschool volunteer is, I think, one that knows what age they like because there is quite a difference between babies and kindergartners. And there are some teachers I have, um, like one particular kindergarten teacher. It's my husband. It's okay. Um, I would not... I would not put him with toddlers. Yeah, yeah. Um, so putting them somewhere where they shine is definitely it. But um, a good pre- the makeup of a good preschool volunteer is somebody who does get it, mm-hmm. and they ideally have taken care of kids before. Yes. <laughs> and this is not their first time. So I do have a lot of – I get a lot of my um, – I tap a lot of parents, honestly, to yes. become volunteers because they have taken care of kids before. Um and show up prepared and kind of get the vision of what we do, um, which the vision for preschool ministry is laying those um, first faith steps, laying that foundation. And so they, all of our really great all-star ones are, and even the ones that aren't all-stars, but just show up, they show up and they get it because they're bought in to what we do. And um, they treat all of the kids very well. They take care of them on a physical level, but also... They're just sweet to them, you know? Like, kids are so fun. I definitely don't want grouchy people hanging yes, out with my kids. Yes. Um, and so I would say there's not a single volunteer we have that's, like, a grouchy person. They're uh, all no. just very lovely people. And um, one of the most important things is that you can tell that they have a relationship with the Lord. And it's so evident, I would say, in all of my volunteers that um, the Lord is why they're there. Because um, if they're just there because they like kids, like – Sometimes they're little boogers, and yes. <laughs> and that will not keep them there. But um, understanding that they're there to, like, teach them um, principles about the Lord and stories from the Bible and see that light bulb moment go off, um, that's why they're there. And that's, yeah. I think, what makes up a good preschool volunteer. I hope I answered that right. No, I think, <laughs> I think you hit on a lot of really good points, especially, like, the teaching, because that's actually where I wanted to transition into good. next was about, like, curriculum and how you help teach preschoolers because obviously we know that that there's there's definitely stories that are definitely not appropriate for preschoolers (laughs) to learn yes and you have to be very careful already Mm -hmm. with that you don't want to it's not like with elementary age education where there's sometimes some ways you can tell the story without necessarily focusing too much Mm -hmm. on the older side of things and it's definitely not preteen or junior high high school where you can dive into Mm -hmm. those harsher elements of the stories but with preschool I mean you really do not have to 
tiptoe, but you just have to be smart with Mm -hmm. how you're picking that. And so when it comes to things that you've noticed through editing the curriculum that we use Mm -hmm. and things like that, you know, how have you helped to decide, okay, this is what I want them to learn. Mm -hmm. This is what I pick. And then also with that, planning through the different ages, because obviously, like we said, it's harder for, Mm -hmm. it's going to be harder for a four month old to learn a story than a kindergartner is. So how do you plan it out according to that? Yes. Which it's so helpful as I feel like our preschool curriculum that we do uh, use is very good. Um, And one of my favorite things about them is that um, no matter what the story is, like there is a bottom line and it all comes back to just three basic truths, which is super easy. And it's just God made me, God loves me, and Jesus wants to be my friend forever. Yes. They are all developmentally able to hang with that. Like that is basic enough for them. Um, I'm a total development nerd. And so kids, like all from from kindergarten down, all of them, have one thing in common and that is they are very concrete thinkers they cannot do abstract at all so talking about concepts like faith and the holy spirit like we'll get there with them but not when they're in preschool um and i think our curriculum knows that very well um what's important to me that sometimes i might have to just tweak the curriculum a little bit is I do always want to make sure that they know that the story is coming from the Bible and that yes. it's absolutely true. Um, and so even as I edit curriculum, I don't you don't really have to make too many tweaks because it's pretty good. Um, but if there is a way that I can also add in, like, the Bible says this, and I have the Bible open, like, to that story, whatever story it is that they're doing that week, to make sure that each activity is pointing back to something from the Bible and a biblical truth or the biblical story. And that, um, cause there's, I have noticed like there's just a lot of curriculum out there that just doesn't really tell the Bible story. It's like yeah. a Bible verse and it, and sometimes it does that. And I just throw it out because I'm like, that's nonsense. I'm yes. not doing that with yeah. a three-year-old. We're not going to like take a Bible verse and expound upon it because yes. that's not how they learn. No, that's they not, learn yeah. through stories. Um, and so it is really good. So I am very lucky that I don't have to make too many yeah. tweaks. But yeah. also keep in mind, even there are some things in there that I, because I have the three year olds do the same thing as the kindergartners, but as I'm like practically setting up their curriculum, there are some things that I'll do for the three year olds that I think the kindergartners can do on their own, yes. mainly when it comes to cutting yes. <laughs> and yes. gluing, just physical things that I'm like, I don't think these guys are there yet, but the mm-hmm. older ones are, the two year olds definitely aren't. Yes. And then, of course, we even have stuff for the toddlers. Um, it mainly consists of dot markers and fingerprint painting. Yes. And that's perfectly fine because they love it a lot. Yeah. And it's very cute. Um, but very lucky to have like really solid curriculum that gets that they are not abstract thinkers and gets that we really just need to keep it simple and have a bottom line um, and have them repeat that because repetition is very good for those young minds. Um, so yeah, I really like our curriculum. <laughs> no, the curriculum is great. And I don't, did you mention that it was orange? That I didn't, we used, but it is. But we've talked about that before on other episodes that we yeah. do use orange from preschool all the way through our fourth grade. Which so I think is good. So that's good. It helps to really connect mm-hmm. and make it easier, like you said, because they're learning bottom lines now, and that helps them to transition into kids' life, which yes. is our first through fourth grade ministry, where they continue to mm-hmm. learn kid bottom lines, but they're not 
all the same, you know, yes. every three times or whatever. They're all different, but it already ingrains in their brain, oh, hey, here's what we're taking from the story today and using it, and that's really great. So, yes, yes. I think it's a great curriculum, and it's always got a lot of really fun things. Mm-hmm. So the last thing I kind of want to touch on before we wrap up is just like with any other ministry, it's always important to minister to the parents, whether that's things oh, yeah. that you're sending home, events you're creating throughout the course of the year for them to attend. And of course, in preschool, sometimes, like we've talked about so many times, it can be a challenge to do that because it's like, well, what are you going to have for a baby to come right. and do? You know, like it's so much easier in my mind, at least looking at it from the outside, not being in the world of it, that it'd be like just something that you primarily target for the olders of mm-hmm. the group. But I want to hear it from your kind of perspective as you're planning things throughout the year, preparing things to send home mm-hmm. with parents to take things home. How do you do that to where it incorporates everybody for the most part and do you just have to bite that bullet sometimes and say yeah the older kids are going to have to be more the beneficiaries of our events and things which is the case more with events i try to and kim as we collaborate we try to come up with events that we think the younger kids can do um so a lot of open playgrounds which obviously our two-year-olds play on the playground on the weekend so they can play on the playground on a Monday morning, um, and we just recently had, a, like, a paint party this past week, and yeah. I know we definitely had some three-year-olds there, but I feel like some two-year-olds could have hung yeah. and done yeah. it. It was pretty simple. Um, so try to do that, but just kind of knowing sometimes with events, um, like preschool camp, that, that's that got to be kindergartners only. Like, it really does. Yes, yeah. And it just be like that. But it's something fun that they can look forward to. Um, as far as things I send home, with parents and things that I send to the parents. Um, I try and in my like weekly leader emails to sprinkle in and know, oh, hey, you just posted like a family resource kind of geared toward, more toward older kids. Now you should post one that's for like toddler mm-hmm. age, new parents, new baby, something like that. Um, just so I'm hitting all of my bases. And a lot of the parents, you know, have more than one kid so it applies to at some point it applies to them but um try to be very conscious of that and hang out around the baby room even so that they know that I care about them too um and a unique thing I know you didn't ask but a unique thing that I think is very helpful in building relationships with parents is um I'm about to be a parent myself. So I think that adds to it, and that is definitely very helpful um, because I feel like they might have – I don't think anybody thought this, but it definitely – I feel like I'll be better heard coming from instead of, like, just a 25-year-old that has a degree. It's like, no, I'm a mom too. Yes. So that's helpful. Um, That was just a little side note. But um, I think also even when we do have events and family events, it's important to connect with parents so that way they um, know who to reach out to whenever they are dealing with something. And I definitely have had parents reach out to me with particular issues at home or at school or at daycare um, and just knowing that there's trust there and that um, there's somebody to help them out. Um, So I think just being present. Yes. And especially being present on the weekends. I know you know how tiring sometimes the weekends can be. Oh, yeah. Even though it's like four hours, um, you know, it's spent on my feet and smiling a lot and 
just trying to get in a lot of FaceTime with parents just so that they know that I'm a resource for them and hopefully read my emails. Yeah, no, well, and I think too, I think we both benefit from the fact that, and I'm not saying like older people are not on these things, yes. but we definitely benefit from the fact that our age group's parents mm-hmm. primarily all use social media and yes, they're, and they're pretty fluent in being able to use social media very well. Mm-hmm. And so that's a great way to outreach to, and I know y'all share a lot of articles and crafts and things like that that y'all can do on yours oh, and yes. then different just mm-hmm. things to keep people updated. So mm-hmm. I think all in all, like that's also a big benefit to both mm-hmm. elementary and preschool ages. Like now it's they're starting to become like, savvy. yeah, it's they're more tech savvy than like obviously like senior adults are. And I'm not roasting senior adults. No, we love our it's, senior We adults. love senior adults. It's just they're definitely more <laughs> fluent now because they're growing up more in the age of it or they, you know, have been around it a little bit mm-hmm. longer and can adapt to it a little quicker. So, yeah. But I think that's awesome. I have definitely learned a lot today, which is always great because I don't know everything. So I am like a sponge. Lifelong learner. Here. So, but thank you for hopping on with us. This was great. And if you guys at home wouldn't mind doing something for us too, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Share it with other people. Helps us to grow more, get new listeners on, and to help spread all the fun that children's ministry brings. So until next time, we hope you guys have a great rest of your day and we'll talk to you again real soon.